You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to the Eye on the U podcast, Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson, and I am joined, as always, on the other line. She signed exactly as many players as the Miami Hurricanes today. It's Susan Miller-Degnan, our Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald. Susan, what's going on? How was your signing day? Signing day was, uh, you know, boring. The least stressful signing day you've ever had? Ever, 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 yep. Um, we are talk- we're recording at uh, 6, a little after 6 p.m. on Wednesday, National Signing Day, which um was easily the least exciting national signing day that i can remember i've only been doing this as a job for so many years but i've always loved signing day even like going back to when i was in high school watching the espnu coverage of it um obviously that is because of the early signing period um miami did not sign a single high school player today which was not surprising coming into the day we didn't expect it we talked last week about why that's not a big deal they already signed 25 guys in december um have a top 10 class in the country, um, number one class in the ACC. Um, 25 is traditionally the number you take in a class. So they were just kind of done. Obviously, they wanted to get Cormani McLean. We talked a few weeks ago about him flipping to Colorado. They had like that uh, slim glimmer of hope that maybe they could get Nicholas Harbor to come down for a visit at some point and really get into that sweepstakes. Uh, he never made it down to South Florida, though. He ends up signing with South Carolina today, they made a late little run at Jamel Howard, uh, kind of under the radar defensive tackle outside the top 1,000 in the national rankings. Um, from the Midwest, he ends up uh, going back to Wisconsin where he was previously committed. So Miami goes like 0 for 2, but like not really, right? Like they're, those Right, not like, really. Not really. So, we didn't... Not a big deal. Um, there's really not a lot to talk about. I guess we could talk about how good their class was, even without doing anything today. Yeah, I mean, they're close, David. Their 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 class. Um, I don't even know where the numbers finish. You've been tracking. Yeah, that. I mean, well, actually, I have to check again. I mean, it keeps changing. Obviously, a couple more guys. Are, I think Deuce yeah, Robinson didn't I mean, sign today, right? That can change things. Um, uh, I better check again. But you know, last month. Um, after the early signing period, they were number three in the on three any ESPN rankings and um, number four in 247 sports and number five in rivals. Mm-hmm. And as of Wednesday, uh, they were ranked fifth by ESPN, sixth by on three and seventh by rivals in 247 sports. And and, uh, and I'll have to actually check that again a little yeah, bit. Later. I've got 24 sevens up. There's still seventh there. So um... you're, you're checking, Tony, you should check. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, they're they're still going to wind up at the top ten class. Um, as we talked about last week, this is the way college football is now. Um, what we went through only five of the top one hundred recruits in the twenty four seven composite rankings were unsigned entering the day. Um, even fewer, obviously, uncommitted. Um, Andrew Ivins from twenty four seven. Um, 
he did a like compiled it all and said 95% of the blue chip recruits were um, already signed going uh, into the uh, going into national signing day. So there was just not a lot, obviously that Miami could add to the class. They clearly prioritized uh, some transfer stuff um, announced a couple of those guys today, right? Uh, Matt Lee, uh yeah. terry roberts who else cam mccormick they announced um and branson dean so um they could announce something uh obviously transfers don't sign national letters of intent like that a lot of them are already on campus so um there's not a whole lot to say other than college football has changed we'll see if it changes again um you know these things always go in cycles but this year it certainly was like a situation where there was not a lot um to be done between now and January. Yeah, uh, for sure. It was, it, it's just the whole, um, the whole face of recruiting. It's so different. It's so weird. I mean, yeah. national signing day, this was so big. Like you said. Yeah. It used to be January was the big visit season, right? It was, everyone was trying to oh, yeah. every weekend. Miami had one weekend with visitors this weekend, this year, basically. And now it's that rush right. between, uh, Thanksgiving and it's a December is the hectic period, right? Where yeah, the season and everybody, and everybody always wanted that last one in 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 January. And yeah, now and, you want that last one on like January or on December eighteenth or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. So I would say it was very strange. I, 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 I kind of like that it was quiet and it was crazy before. And I guess it'll, I guess it'll continue like that, right? You think? Yeah, it's gonna be interesting because, um. Some kids, like, it's what who has the leverage, right? It's the schools or the uh, players have the leverage. And, like, a guy like Nicholas Harbour, is, I think I said this last week, could afford to wait. Or Cormani McLean, even better example, could afford to wait because, like, Miami's not going to, like, pass on him, right? Like, he, he could wait. He Correct. could wait until July 3rd and say, all right, I'm going to go wherever, and, and a school will figure it out for him. Um, but yeah. uh, for the, like, three and – four-star guys like the lower four-star guys like where it's a lot of like preference and and you know maybe you, you'll take a guy who's ranked lower than another guy or, or you'll take just kind of whoever commits first and locks in just to make sure you have it um those guys there's there's always there's gonna be pressure because they don't have leverage from the school but or they don't have the leverage on the school but some guys have leverage over the school and I, I have to think this is as extreme as it will get. Like I said, 95% and 95% of the top 100 already signed. Like that's a, that's a, obviously a huge number. Crazy, right? Um, yeah. But I, I don't think it's gonna, unless they get rid of the early signing period, which I know some coaches would like because of how hard it is to recruit um, while the season's going, you know, I think coaches right. like to have January as recruiting season. Like fall right. is football season. December is bowl season and playoff season. January is recruiting season. Um, but as long as it's like this, uh, I mean, it's still going to be like 90% of the guys worth noting every year are going to be signed early. Yep. And I just checked and it's, everything's the same. Fifth yeah. UM's class is now number five by ESPN, number six by on three and number seven by rivals and two, four, seven sports. That's a, that's a, yeah, that's a great yeah. year. I and mean, most of the powers, I mean, like I don't remember seeing Al anyone pick Alabama today. I don't remember anyone picking Clemson today, right? right? Like there were a couple of guys here and there, but for the most part, like Miami is not an outlier at all and not having anyone signed. 
Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, uh, bigger topic today is the situation of Miami's offensive coordinator. We recorded last week, uh, Thursday night, and about 12 hours later, uh, Miami expires part ways, whatever you want to put it, with Josh Gaddis uh, after just one season as offensive coordinator. Uh, we did talk last week about the, you know, that we kind of thought it was coming. Um, yes. At some yeah. point, the only the question was when. Um, so obviously, neither of us are surprised that this happened. Um, but now Miami, um, begins a very, very important moment here for Mario Cristobal. Obviously he's not going to be on the hot seat. I think no matter what happens next year. So like, I think I've seen some people say like, this is the biggest moment of Mario's tenure. This is the biggest hire he's going to have. Like in some ways, yes. Cause last year was a disaster and they got to totally fix the offense, like kind of from scratch in some ways, obviously they think they've got a good quarterback, but, um, at uh, in the other way, like it's he's gonna probably if, if this goes high or goes well, he's gonna have to hire another offensive coordinator one day. So, um, I, I guess what I don't want to get too much into specific names, I think it's a little too early to really like dive into who exactly is gonna be the target to Alabama. We should note is also currently trying to hire an offensive coordinator. Um, and you know, Mario and Saban obviously have some similar philosophies and have coached together, so like. They're going to be, even if not necessarily looking at the exact same list of guys, I'm sure there'll be some overlap in the type of guys they are targeting. Um, So I want to go kind of broader and more philosophical. What does Miami need in this next offensive coordinator? What, what, not who should they be looking for? What should they be looking for? Well, I think they need someone who will, serve a dual role which is a conventional way to do it uh who is somebody who's the offensive coordinator and the quarterbacks coach i think um you know frank ponce being the quarterbacks coach and he mm-hmm. left as we know to go back to app state and, to, and become the offensive mm-hmm. coordinator i think there was a disconnect between him and um you know and and gaddis yeah, I, two guys who never I, worked I, together. We should like. Yeah, I've, I said it a lot. I, should, I just felt- Yeah, I think it's better when they're 
when it's one person i do um and uh yeah i i, I think that and then if that happened uh i gaddis served as the receivers coach too mm-hmm. so i mean they could get like a separate receivers coach um right i i i i just i think they need the one person who does both it seems uh to me i i and 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 what else are they looking for they're looking i mean gaddis always wanted to running the running game was super important to him you know they wanted mm-hmm. to have that that uh whatever they call whatever they do the like kind of a conventional offense power like a spread, offense, power spread a power yeah. spread a, like a conventional kind of an nfl kind of offense and yet they still i don't know i i i know you and i think the same we like when they throw it a lot yeah <laughs> and when they have a lot ton of receivers on the field and that's what you know colleges do nowadays uh mario is wants to make sure there's a strong running game i don't blame them i mean yeah. running well and we should say their offensive line on paper could be oh, really really good next yeah, year we should say that i i think that offensive line is going to make hopefully a huge difference yeah and so maybe some people will be able to run behind that mm-hmm. and maybe some kids like travante citizen will be healed I, i'm not sure uh you know, healed enough to, to, to now play. And, and, and actually they had so many injuries, you know, uh, they, I know they signed some good Mark Fletcher, right. Yeah, Mark and, Fletcher, I, I think I'll help right away in yeah, some capacity. I mean, I mean he's not going to start probably. No, but, but they'll, but hopefully they'll be able to run a little. Um, yeah. It's gotta be somebody who gets along very well. I wasn't sure about Gaddis how, from what I had heard, how much the players, felt strongly about him or felt connected to him felt well i will say it also um you know if they were winning i'm sure they'd feel better about him right it was it's kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy in some ways but yeah Yeah. i i I, so i i I guess we should say a couple things one like gaddis was doing a lot of the stuff that my mario wants him to do right like that's we've talked about that a million times like miami under mario cristobal like they would like to look like what Michigan looks like, right? Like what they look like now, where they are a run heavy team. The quarterback can make a couple throws, really good offensive line. Um, you know, I mean, you look at their offensive line next year and they could have like four future NFL, four or five future NFL guys on that line. Like that would go a long way. Um, to the point where you could bring Josh Gaddis back next year, have him do the exact same thing, and the offense would be a lot better. Like I, I feel very confident about that. Um so I, I, yeah we sh- like the offense is only going to change so much at the same time um i just think the offense to me i think i mean we like you said we both like spread offenses in college football um i think the quarterback play really really struggled and i know the excuse will be oh tyler was hurt and we had to start jacari brown and jake garcia but um jake garcia who is this big big time recruit did not look anything like you know we obviously didn't see him play in big spots before last year Uh but did not look like a guy who was at one point thought of as maybe the best quarterback recruit in the country or way up there um and tyler van dyke was good in the north carolina game that was i think a, a talking point that mario used a handful of times 
but like they did bench him against middle Tennessee because he was bad. Like, so um, whatever it was that went wrong. And I, I think you're on to something with the, um, the quarterback coach and offensive coordinator responsibilities uh, being divided and not just divided, but divided between two guys who did not have a working relationship before last year, I think has a lot to do with it. But I think also like, a, a better scheme, a more creative scheme, a, a more aggressive scheme, honestly, more throws on first down. Um, like that helps a quarterback a lot. And I, I don't think, I mean, it's, I said it a couple of times that Mario, it's a tricky spot he was in last year in some ways because the offense that he wants to run long-term is kind of similar to what Josh Gaddis was running but it was definitely not the offense best suited to last year's team. And it was like, it was a, you know, a real philosophical question is, do you run the offense best for a team in this specific year, knowing that next year you're going to probably have to change that offense again, or do you just start implementing your system, your philosophies, even if it's to the detriment of last year's team. Um, Now at the same time, I think, I think like just whatever, whatever tack they opted to take and they clearly took the ladder all right. um, it wasn't good enough. I don't think you ever do anything to the detriment of the current team. That's my opinion. I think they did. And I think that was the idea. Uh, I yeah, don't know that for sure. But I, I think they wanted to start getting to the Mario Cristobal philosophy. Right. I mean, you, and you saw them change throughout the year, right? Like the North Carolina game. Yeah, they did. Swung it around and it worked a lot yeah. better. Yep. Yeah. I, I, you have to, you have to play to your team's strengths. Yeah. I mean, they they they're not going to be there forever. Those kids, and I, you know, it's a nature. It's not like they're going to be there for for a long long mm-hmm. time. And you've got to I, you got to see what you have, and then and then mold your team to that. I mean, it doesn't mean you have to totally change your offense, but, um, I mean Tyler Van Dyke, the year before, and I I and I know he got in. He was injured, and and I yeah. I think that was misplayed too, the way UM did it yeah. personally. And I don't I, think that's Josh Gaddis's fault. And I don't I don't care how much they said he's fine. He's fine. Come on. If 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 someone like who's not a professional medical person could realize right away that all he has to do is get hit in the shoulder once and he's done. I mean, if I, I like how could they I don't know. Mm-hmm. How could they not have realized yeah. that? I I think he he came back in too soon, so uh, yeah. So we'll we'll see what happens with Gaddis Gaddis's replacement. Um, I know that Mario was really into Gaddis. You know, he won the Broyles Award. Remember that? And during during more yeah, I will say Mario. I don't know how much he actually care. Like I don't know if that was he cares about the Broyles Award, but he likes being able to talk about stuff like the Broyles Award. Yeah, I mean, he talked about that a lot. Hey. I got guys that he was good enough to win the yeah. Royals award. Yeah, so. guys who are good in other places. So I mean that's yeah. So I think uh I think he's gonna go for a big name in some capacity. Like it's not like he's gonna try to take yeah. a guy from uh who's like a hot shot like offensive wizard at like a lower level school and say, All right, we're gonna give you your shot here at Miami, I think. You know, I, I just no one like yeah. Twitter or whatever Miami fans, you know, Scott Frost's name has been thrown around. Right. I've even seen Dan Mullen's name thrown around. 
honestly, Dan Mullen, I, I, I think Dan Mullen would be an offensive, awesome offensive coordinator um, and would really fit with Mario's philosophies with like the run heavy stuff. Um, and man, he would be really good with Jakari Brown. I'm kind of talking myself into the Dan Mullen thing. Um, but I think, I think it's like right to kind of throw around these big names because I think that's what they're going to go for. Uh, I agree. That's, I, I think that'll happen too. Uh, other than, other than Mario, if he goes for somebody that maybe is not a big name, I don't I, everything's relative, what you call a big name, yeah, yeah. But, like, but it's somebody he knows, somebody he worked with or something. He, you know, obviously. I, yeah. Marcus Arroyo is another one who has been mentioned, um, who was obviously uh, worked with him at Oregon and, and had been the coach at UNLV the last couple of years, did not work out there at UNLV was fired uh, late last year. But I mean, I talked, I talked a lot about how I, I didn't like how it was like this, I don't want to say mercenary thing, but it was guys who had not really worked together. I, I think there is something to be said for guys working together, um, uh, having experience working with each other. Definitely. And one thing we know about Mario is he takes his time. So yeah, they're not going to rush it. Yeah. He takes his time. So we, especially we, now, you know, like in, in sometimes you'd be rushing for the signing day or whatever, but uh, the fact that there was no one to worry about for signing day meant they could uh, fire their offensive coordinator five days before signing day and like right. it not be a big deal. And now the only thing that we, and this is a great segue to our next segment, maybe if this was what you want to do for the next segment, but uh, you know, it, it would be good if he had somebody by March 4th, which we learned this week is the opening day of spring practice. Okay? I feel confident they will have someone by March 4th. Okay. Well, that's good because March 4th is spring practice begins and we reported that uh, and it ends April 14th. We learned um, with the spring game uh, at what's it? DRV. Pink Stadium? Yeah, Drive where, Pink Stadium, I believe, is how it is pronounced. Oh, Drive, Drive, sorry about that. Drive Pink Stadium. Anyway, it's the same place they had it last year, the old... I uh, think they were very happy with how uh, it worked there last year, is the sense I yeah, got. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. It was fun, you know? And very that, good and size so- for a spring game, centrally located, Broward County, right? You get people from all over South Florida great. there. Yeah, really great, and... The, the the as i said the twist this year is it's on a friday night uh they yeah. didn't say the time but i think it's going to be it'll be yeah friday they said night. it'll be friday obviously it'll be friday night they're not going to play their spring game at noon night. on a friday yeah it's gonna be friday night uh april 14th it will be televised by uh the acc network which is how they're ACC network is like organizing everything. They're yeah, there's a, there've been a lot of there are a lot of spring games this year, like weeknight. I think the Gators are on Thursday night, uh, and it's all obviously it's all driven by TV stuff, so that the uh, yeah exactly ACC network, so, SEC network, ESPN, you can show as many as possible. Right, that's that's what will happen. So that's kind of so we know that, and we'll have the offensive coordinator hopefully by then, and uh, and they and UM also announced well the ACC also announced the football schedule um this week so for for this fall so we we know the schedule um i don't know what do you think of the schedule i'm not so i'm not what like, you thrilled. don't you don't like that eight in a row to end the year it's not even the eight in a row i okay so we knew that they were going to start with four uh non-conference games we knew that yep and we know that one of them is texas a&m and uh <laughs> 
even though it's the SEC, Texas A&M finished two and six in the ACC last year and five and seven overall. Mm-hmm. No one could have known that, but it's still, come on, it's still Texas yeah, A&M. Yeah. It's not one of the most talented rosters in the country. They just hired Bobby Petrino. Like they should be better than they were last year. Right now. I, the, so they're, so, okay. So they have eight in a row. I, one thing I don't like is um, their bye week again. Wasn't it early last year? I believe it's it was early. the same one. I think it was it's, after, after week four last year also. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure, but, but it's after week four. It's after um, the temple game. Uh so they have two weeks after the Temple game. They have a bye week. That's their only bye, mm-hmm. technically official bye week. The next weekend, September 30th. That's a Saturday, bye Saturday. And then they start Georgia Tech. And I mean, okay, they have two weeks to prepare for Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech, I don't know how they're going to be this year, but they were five. Okay, but um, five and five and seven. So it's not like you have two weeks to prepare for whatever, North Carolina or something. And then I don't like, and then it's eight games in a row um, at Clemson and then, uh, excuse me, at North Carolina, after Georgia Tech, at North Carolina and then Clemson. So those are two tough games right in a row. North Carolina, Clemson, fine. Okay. I, I don't, the last three out of four games, David, are on the road. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it starts with at Florida State, November 11th, then Louisville is November 18th, and at Boston College. Oh, at oh man, I'm sorry. November 4th, at North Carolina State, at NC State, November 4th, at Florida State the next week, Louisville at home for the last home game, and then at Boston College on November 25th when, okay, I know I'm the, the weather person, but it's cold. It is yeah. cold on November 25th. So you've got three out of four away games. The last one is, I, they'll be able to deal with the cold, but it's still, it's, it's, it, I don't know. I just don't think it's, and they have, I thought it was fascinating that they have four Saturdays, uh, four Saturdays off, four. Yeah. Because they That's the crazy Friday. thing about the schedule. Yeah. They have two Friday games. Selfishly, I love that. Yeah, I love it too. The first (laughs) Friday, (laughs) the first Friday, September 1st, right, is uh, they play Miami of Ohio, Miami. The Miami Miami. Bowl. (laughs) The Miami Bowl, right. And um, ah, I figured this out. And that's on a Friday. And then the last game against Boston College. Yeah, the day after Thanksgiving. They're in the Friday. It's the day after. Exactly. It's the day after Thanksgiving, right? And, and then, then we were talked a couple of weeks ago. The Bethune Cookman game is a weeknight game as well. Oh, the Bethune Cookman game, right? It's a Thursday, so that gives you a Friday. What's the fourth one? That's well, the bye week. Two. And the bye week. And the bye week. So it's kind of a crazy. I don't know. And then I tweeted this out. I figured it out and tweeted it. I have to find my tweet. I thought this was interesting. Let me find it. Let me find it. Okay. Oh no. Okay. I figured out their first. Hold on. I'm retweeting UM stuff here. Okay. Okay. I promise. To me, the the, the tough here part is, is here. Is it? Wait, wait. I found it. I found it. All right. Sorry. I'm starting to stall. Uh, yeah. Sorry, guys. Okay. 
So I just got the three or four, three of last four games on the road. Okay, uh, four open Saturdays, seven of twelve opponents with losing records in this past season. Seven uh, of twelve. Here it is: a combined 2022 record for the first opponents, 21 and 39. Okay, their first uh, five opponents were 21 and 39. Yeah, their last seven opponents were. 52 and 37. Yes. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, that's all interesting. That. They got to pile up wins early because, like you said, it gets tough down the stretch. Um, have to. Yeah. What? Basically I, starting, I think Clemson's October 21st. From there, it's pretty tough. Yeah. And North Carolina, no? Uh, when is the North Carolina uh, game? The week before Clemson. Oh, is it the week and before? On, yeah. So you're right. It's, on, it's that. It's on the yeah. road. So October come... 14th. Yeah. You go at UNC versus Clemson, home yeah. against Virginia. Yeah. Should be better, but they're bad last year. Then at NC State, at Florida State versus Louisville, who is, you know, probably should be a bowl team at least. Right. Um, and then you finish at Boston College, I don't know. which should be a win, but that's hard Friday after Thanksgiving on the road. It could be, yeah, cool. yeah. pretty tough. Yeah. So. so that's their, that's the, that's my take on that schedule. Mm-hmm. But still, seven to 12 against teams with the losing records, that's, could be worse. Got to make a bowl game, but you got to win. You got to win those early games. Um, all right. I think we can close okay. things out there. Uh, you can follow Susan on Twitter at S. Miller Degnan. Um, follow me on Twitter at DB Wilson, too. Uh, I'll be uh, up in Broward County for most of the week for NHL All-Star stuff, which should be fun. So um, really fun. Check out uh, Miami Herald for our coverage of that. Or if, or if you're out there, look out for me and say hi or whatever. Um, get his autograph. Get his autograph. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks again for listening, and we will talk to you guys uh, a little bit later. Bye.